Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, Saturday night saw a marquee Buffalo sports matchup. Yeah, the mood in Buffalo is down right now on this Sunday because of the brutal 4 nothing loss that the Sabres suffered at the hand of the, the Detroit Red Wings. Mm. Uh, Brendan, what were your thoughts on the game that we both definitely watched? Well, there, you know, not only was there a Buffalo audience, there's a national audience watching that game. There was nothing else going on. It was really the center of the sports world. And... The Sabres just got rocked by the Red Wings, and it was a tough loss, 4 to nothing. and it's just unfortunate that there was nothing else going on that could have helped us feel better about the state of Buffalo sports right now. Yeah, you know, I thought some of the big problems in the game were that they didn't score a lot yeah. at all, and it also that they gave up four goals. Giving up were... four goals when you don't score any goals, I don't know if our listeners know this or not, but it's not what you are supposed to do out there. It's like only scoring 17 points when you give up um, seven straight touchdown drives. Yeah. Just to bring up a... That's uh, a really good analogy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, anyways, well... The Bills! The Bills, everybody. The yes. Bills. yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God. So, admittedly, Taylor and I, as I'm sure many of you also were, were this way, uh, did not watch the game against the Red Wings because we were too busy watching the Bills lay the beatdown of a lifetime on the New England Patriots. I mean, it was just everything that you could have asked for out of that game. I think everybody, understandably so, going into it was there. Were, there were definitely some nerves there. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's the Patriots. It's it's a matter of you know we've won the last two AFC East titles, but in a way, it was still like okay, this is this is it now. Like now, if we win this game, we are unquestioned kings of the East. And goddamn, they whipped their ass. Like, they crushed the Patriots on both sides of the ball. They didn't punt or kick at all because the offense was just that dominant. Or fumble or turn the ball over. None. Or have a turnover on downs. Isn't that the first time that that's ever happened? Yeah. Seven for seven. Just touchdown drives, baby. It's insane. I mean, they were out of the gates just the better team there was it, there was just never a doubt that they were going to win that game and pretty much right from the get-go like they were on a different level than new england and oh it felt so good i was at the game risking hypothermia but oh my god <laughs> i told you, you unimaginable those chaps well i did that well i mean that it was Are a little chilly taking fashion advice i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> my god 
Listen. You think a weatherman he would know more about trusting He hasn't on. steered me in the wrong way before, okay? Mm. But you couldn't have asked for much more. I mean, it was it was just amazing. It, it was incredible to be there. The atmosphere was just on another level and just unthinkable levels of shit talking going on from Bills fans to Patriots fans. And I it it was it was magical. It was it was like I was going to Disney World for the first time as a child. Just grown adults screaming expletives at strangers because of the jerseys that they were wearing and god damn it did it feel good i was taking part in it too I, yeah. I i was just talking so much shit to pats fans last night and it felt i, I felt like i was a kid again <laughs> yeah i so i was thinking about this last night i kind of wish tom brady was still here still there for a few reasons the main one is yeah he'd be better than mac so last night would have been like 47 to 24 maybe or something because the, the Bills really got after uh, Mac and really stopped the run game really well too. I wish I wish he was there because honestly it was a really good idea by him to flee the AFC East when he did to go to a better roster in a uh, weaker worse, division a weaker division in the worst conference. Uh, but I that's the only thing that could have made it better because last night what shocked me so much. Uh, not so much that we uh, we beat down Michael McCorkle into a you know a sad little pulp macaroni and cheese Jones. Yeah, it was that like we just just absolutely decimated a Belichick defense, and no matter what no matter what their talent level is, the Patriots pretty much always uh, shut down opposing offenses or at least hold them to less than they normally do in the playoffs. That's been not going on for twenty years. I mean, you even look at like when they won the Super Bowl in twenty eighteen. Uh, that team was not that good, and that defense was not that talented. And what happened? In the divisional round, they just destroyed the Chargers, and then they, well, they probably should have lost to the Chiefs, but they held the Chiefs without scoring for an entire half Yeah. in a year where they scored uh, 500 points uh, because no matter what, basically, at least always in the first half, Belichick usually hits you in the mouth defensively. But what happened? The Bills destroyed him. He's dead now. It's true. He has to retire. He, he can't coach again. You can't. <laughs> it's an unbelievable beatdown of his defense that was good all year. It's the reason they're in the playoffs. They're not right. in the playoffs because of McCorkle. Right. Like, they're in the playoffs because of that defense. And they're out of the playoffs because their defense got dominated more than pretty much any defense ever has. And their offense didn't really have that much of an answer for it either. Wasn't it the most points scored against the Patriots defense in the 21st century? Yeah. I mean, he's been the coach for the whole 21st century, too. So that'd be his whole, his whole era. Wow. I mean, That's beautiful. No one had ever scored <laughs> four straight touchdowns on him to open a game, and the Bills scored seven. <sighs> Just a stunning beatdown. I really have nothing bad to say about anyone's performance. I mean, the offensive line was better than it's been all year. Yep. Dawson Knox had two touchdowns and was a foot away from getting a third. Diggs had a couple good catches. Davis had that really good touchdown. Singletary ran hard. He had a touchdown. Maybe Continuing two his strong play. Yeah, motor. He's been having a, a good, basically, since that Colts game where the Bills got... Well, you know, actually more like basically since the Bucks game, he's been really good. Uh, and then, I mean, Beasley caught the ball when it went to him. So Yeah. And then the defense, the line, oh, my God. Felt like everyone got a uh, hand on McCorkle at some point. Boogie Basham got a sack. Latulule got a sack. Jerry Hughes uh, had a – I believe Jerry Hughes got a sack as well on uh, – Yeah, he did. On a, uh, the fake spike. He did. Yep. 
he had a sack. I mean, and then you look at the secondary, too. I think it goes without saying just Hyde and Poyer, how well they played. Oh, my God. Micah Hyde is just... That might be the best interception I've ever seen. It really it really might have been. Like, it was phenomenal. And again, you know, we talked about this last week, but you cannot give enough credit to the secondary just in general, but the cornerbacks for being able to fill the void of Trey White. I mean... You know, you have a first-team All-Pro in Jordan Poyer, second-team All-Pro in Micah Hyde, but Trey White is the best player on that defense, like, full stop. I mean, it's close with those three guys. Like, they are all unbelievable top-end talents in the league, but Trey White is your guy. Like, he is your number one marquee guy on that defense, and even without him, they just dominated absolutely dominated against against this team when all eyes were on them the pressure's on and ultimately it makes me feel so good about whoever we end up playing seemingly going to be Kansas City considering Ben Roethlisberger doesn't even think that the Steelers belong to be there but yeah, look he's at, right well he is I know right. he was being sarcastic but he was actually 100% right well he oh yeah 100 yeah not even a second thought on that but it gives me a lot of hope because th- these dudes just seem fired up still from last year. Like it, they are just feeding off of that energy from last year's loss against Kansas City. And now, if you're telling me that we're gonna get to play them again, oh boy, next weekend is going to be rocking. At well, this point, it's either gonna be Kansas City or if the Steelers win, then of course we'll be taking on the Bengals. Yes, uh, which would be hosting the Bengals. Yeah, which which would be cool. Whew. But honestly, we could host the Bengals in the AFC Championship. Now, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. Theoretically, um, I think the Titans aren't a particularly good one seed. No. Uh, Football Outsiders said they were not only the worst one seed uh, they've tracked, but also they would have been the worst two seed if they were the two seed. So they, I don't think they're very good. They do have Derrick Henry back. They do have Julio back. Uh, yeah, but we don't know how healthy he's going to be. He hasn't true. played yet. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't I don't know about them. So I, I could very easily see Cincinnati going into Tennessee and just beating them. I mean, Burrow is you put him in the spotlight and that dude just shows up. Like he is he's going to be really good for years to come, you know. It's I think between him and Herbert, I would probably have rather have Herbert, but Now what about Tua in this mm, situation? You could cut off Tua's left arm and I'd still take him over those two. <laughs> yeah, that's the army throws with. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Um, it could improve It could. It could. But even though I'd rather have Burrow just due to his athleticism, Burrow or uh, Herbert due to his athleticism, Burrow is just going to be a stud for many, many years, and I would love nothing more than to see him just. He yeah. The thing is, take down has, a, a bad Taylor, an evil Taylor. The Titans have an evil Taylor. They do. Taylor Lewin, the yep. most evil Taylor. The, He's like the final boss of Evil Tailors. Yeah, if you have like one of those charts, he's um chaotic evil. Oof. What are um, you? Uh that's good. I gotta think about that. I don't know. Chaotic good? I I, I could be, yeah. I think you would be that. Yeah. Like a Zach Taylor, another Taylor who'd be involved in that matchup. Oh. He oh, yeah. is neutral neutral. Yeah. He yeah. kinda just reminds me of a glass of milk. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Although their offense is really fun. That's true. I think that might be because of their personnel. Credit yeah, where it's due. Joe Burrow has that no other young quarterbacks in the AFC East, or AFC, I should say, have not Herbert, Allen, Jackson, none of them. He has limitless swag. Yeah. He is so much cooler than every other quarterback. And I love Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you know what is cool about him? He's always being himself. Yeah. He's, he's a got, golden retriever. Yeah. He's got great positive energy. He loves football. He loves, you know, 
loves his teammates. He loves Buffalo, all that stuff. That's that's great. Herbert's very good as well. Uh, Lamar is he's been good. Not not a great year this year, but he's really good. I mean, yeah. Youngest MVP ever. Uh, Watson, no comment. Uh, but nobody's as cool as Joe Burrow. That's he, what he really has going for him. He, even though I think that. Uh, Herbert and Allen are better. Than yeah. Them. Oh, I agree with that. Burrow radiates BDE. Oh yeah. Radiates it like yeah. it. It just. It's amazing to watch. The dude just has, like you said, it's it's just a swagger that he the way he carries himself, just like on and off the field, and you're just like, wow, this guy is. Man, this guy's cool. <laughs> imagine like if he played at LSU like a couple years later, or if Brian Kelly got there earlier, what a mismatch that would be. Yeah. Swag wise, Brian Kelly the. The, one of the most swaggerless losers of all time. <laughs> True. And Joe Burrow. Yeah, but he made it work with Ed Orgergon, and he, it's not like he... That exactly. guy, but that guy's super Louisiana. He is. Yeah, he the people, is. So, I've heard it described as he was too good of a fit for LSU. The guy who said this. I think he might have been Van Lathan with the ringer. Um, but he was basically like, Origin's too good of a fit. That's why he had to leave. Brian Kelly's too bad of a fit, honestly, down there. He's That is an extremely, extremely northeast energy that he has. Uh, and then they had like, Les Miles is probably the, the the medium there. Like Nick Saban won a national championship there, but like nothing to do with fit. Nick Saban's just like you know the best coach ever. But how about this? How about this? This past week, Saban and Belichick going down in embarrassing fashion for both of them. Crazy. I mean, I guess Saban went down in the national championship in what was a pretty close game, but still, that's embarrassing for him. Down to the final drive. Yeah. You know. You know. I, I think. Uh, Basically, he has good years and bad years. The good years is when the, they win the national championship. Bad years is when they lose the national championship. And they pretty much don't have any other kind of years. Well said. Well said. Anyway, do we have any thoughts on the Sabres? Uh, yeah, a couple. In shocking fashion. Absolutely shocking. Shocking, shocking, shocking fashion. They're already planning the movie script for it right now for a film adaptation years down the road. Dell CEO Michael Dell, everybody, has won an NHL hockey game in the year of our Lord, 2022. The Sabres, even though they lost to the Red Wings on Saturday 4 nothing, ended up beating the Nashville Predators with... Aaron Dell. Aaron Dell. We're going to say his name because he, he did it. Aaron. He earned it. Yeah. Aaron. Whew. Okay. Aaron Dell. He's now one and six. So he was actually really good because the Predators came at them all game. Yeah. I know the, the Sabres did a good job at um, limiting opportunities. So, like, the Predators didn't have a bunch of great chances. Mm-hmm. But, like, and their only goal was, like, kind of a garbage goal, like, rebounds. Uh, but they were, like, they had a lot of those not good chances. Usually more of those go in. You don't usually have to get that good of a chance to score on Aaron Right. Dell. But, yeah, and it's Jeff Skinner. Another really good game by him. He looks better and better. He's starting to look, obviously, not like a $9 million man, more like a $6 million man. And he seemingly is partially that, with that. That's better. That's much better than we could have asked yeah, for. It won't least. be the worst deal in the league if he's scoring 25 to 30 goals a year. And he's on pace for just under 30 this year. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, did Tate score in that game? Am I mistaken? Or was Tate out? No, he was Tate out. Was out yeah. He was out at that point, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you know, I mean... Who was looking good as well? There's actually news for him this week. Rasmus Dahlin. There was news for him this week. Named to his first ever All-Star appearance. Good for him. Uh, Dahlin, I mean, his baseline stats right now, he has six goals, 16 assists for 22 points in 37 games. 
which is a pretty good sp- scoring pace for him, I would say. Um, you know, and hopefully as we're continuing to see him really improve his play on a night-to-night basis, improving his confidence with the puck on his stick and in his own defensive zone, you're going to start to see those numbers go up even further. But at this point, I mean, it's it's getting close to, you know, in like the 45-50 point range if he continues to turn it up a little bit. And I think it's going to be a great experience for him. I think it's well-deserved for sure. I mean, I don't, you know, as much as good of a year as Tage has had, I don't think that he deserves it necessarily as much as Darlene does. Um, well, also, there's the, it's division-wide. So, like, there's too many good forwards in the division, right. basically. Right, exactly, exactly. But I, I think it's going to be a great experience for him, for the one, for his confidence. I, I mean, him getting selected in the first place, getting that recognition, I think, is going to be huge for him. On top of that, him being able to just be around the best of the best and kind of have that. Because, I mean, let's be real here. We all know that Ralph Kruger kind of broke the guy's brain a little bit. And a big, big part of the struggles that he had, it wasn't about his ability. It was the mental. And what is key most so what is most key to that is your confidence and how you feel out there and how you are able to allow your talent to dictate the game when you're on the ice and we've been seeing that steadily improve so now you know with him being around the best of the best and getting this chance getting to see how some of these other guys work up close and personal you know I think it's just going to do wonders for him and I'm I'm really excited for him for this Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I do have a question. Um, so, every team has an all-star. Correct. Probably why Darlene's there. Uh, when is the next... Who is the next Sabre, you think, that's going to be named to the all-star game and, like, really, really deserve it? Like, not there because they have to have someone there. Connor Bedard. Really? <laughs> no. Because, um, I mean, there's a few possible no, answers I, I here. No, I think there mean, is. No, I would say... It could be Darlene next year. It could be Darlene next year. I would also power. say power, potentially power. I was gonna say one of the three forwards too. Maybe I oh, mean that's right. Yep, Tage, Casey, and uh, <laughs> and Asplund. Oh, Asplund. Yeah. Um, no, between Krebs, Paterka, and Quinn. I mean, we'll have to see how when they get here on a consistent basis. You know how they're gonna adapt to the game and how much they're gonna score. But I mean, those guys all have talent that's way off the charts. So yeah. I, I'm, I think that is a good question. I mean. If I had to pick one, I'm going to say power. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Who are you going to say? I was thinking of, if, it's going to sound crazy, but like, if Jack Quinn just keeps scoring like this, I mean, he's in the AHL, obviously, but he's scoring like a goal a game. No easier way to uh, ingratiate yourself in the NHL as a valuable piece than to just put the puck in the net. Yeah, for sure. It works. It worked for like two weeks for Marcus Foligno, remember that? It did. It Look at him now. I mean, he's, Adam. dude, Marcus Foligno is crushing it for the Wild. I believe our, our counterparts with the Wild at the Hockey Podcast Network, I've seen them on multiple occasions say that he's been one of their best forwards this year. The people, what are their names? The, the guys that do the Evolving Wild. The um, Twins? Yes. I don't remember their names. Anyway, uh, they, by their some of their advanced stats, like Marcus Foligno is the most, one of the most valuable defensive forwards in the NHL. Wow. Almost like they shouldn't have dumped him in a, uh, a trade with Tyler Ennis for uh, Scandella and then dumped Scandella for a fourth-round pick. Yeah. I mean, at least they got Pominville back. That's solid, but, you know, Marcus Foligno's like 10 years younger than him. No, I, I mean, hey, I don't disagree. I liked Foligno while he was here. I think that they were misusing him a bit and were expecting more the from Sabres? him. I know. Who would have thought? 
me <laughs> and everybody. Um, but yeah, good for Marcus Foligno. Do you have any other other Sabres thoughts? Hmm. Or just vibes for the Bills? Just vibes. I just mean, the Sabres vibes. are in a good spot. Especially if the Bills win the Super Bowl this year, which is more than possible. Uh, that's really good for the Sabres because people are going to chill and not get as mad at them. But yeah. looking up, this is actually a pretty fairly easy stretch they have, isn't it? So so today when you're listening to this, they're going to be taking on Detroit uh, afternoon game. Oh, by the way, it's Martin Luther King Day uh, when you're listening to this. Today's oh, Sunday yeah. we're recording it, but yeah, happy Martin Luther King Day to everyone. Uh, and yeah, so they take on Detroit again. Detroit's fine. They're better than the Sabres, and they are they actually have rookies in the NHL, you know, this year, like full-time, that are Moritz Sider and uh, Lucas Raymond that are playing very well, and Dylan Larkin's playing well. Uh, and then at Ottawa, not good, on Tuesday. Thursday, Dallas is in Buffalo. They are a thoroughly mediocre team. Same with the Flyers, who will be here on Saturday. And then look at that. After that, we get uh, Ottawa again next week. And then Little next Saturday. Western trip. Yeah, next Saturday we got the uh, Arizona Coyotes, who beat the Leafs last week. How about that? Unbelievable. Huge game by a goalie whose name I do not remember. Nope. Uh, it's not Carter Hutton. Not Carter Hutton. Yeah, that's what I'll call him. Not Carter Hutton. Had a huge game. Stopped, what, 45, 46 shots that the Leafs yeah. took on him? They got a nice little 2-1 win. Didn't Arizona only end up getting like 17 shots that game too? Yeah, they had like none in the third period when I was watching. Good for them. Good for not Carter Hutton. Yeah, I mean, they got to be careful though. They could pass Montreal if they keep this up. Mm-hmm. If they get too hot, then they wouldn't have the best lottery true. That's true. Yeah. It should be an interesting race, to say the least. Yeah. You know what I was actually reading about? That Have you heard of this? Uh, it's like gold points, gold standing. The gold systems? Yeah, yeah. for, for point systems. The yeah. Sabres would have the best lottery odds right now if that were the case, if we went by that. Really? Yeah, they would. For those of, So for those of you who are unfamiliar, essentially what this concept is, is uh, a, a theory to curb tanking in the NHL. So... As the season goes on, as we all know, it gets to a certain point and you, at some point or another, are mathematically out of playoff contention. But in this system, when you go under 1% for your playoff odds on like the rest of the year, at whatever point you go under 1% playoff odds, then pretty much gold points start, which are all the points that you get after you get you hit that threshold. And from there the team who has the most gold points at the end of the season, that is what your ranking is for the lottery odds. Or not even the lottery odds, for the actual draft. I mean, right? Or is it that it would eliminate the draft lottery and that would be your just your draft order? Yeah. So, interesting stuff. In the Sabres' case, they would actually be in first place right now, first place in terms of their uh, lottery odds. Uh, given the fact of how many points they've accumulated since the time that they uh, had gone under 1%. And so that's why teams who are worse, you have the incentive then to really keep fighting the rest of the way because that helps your your chances. And you have an earlier start from everybody else from like a better team. So if it gets to being like a month left in the season and a team is like on the doorstep of just the, maybe like a tier below being a wildcard team, um, and they don't really get knocked out or under that 1% mark then, just because they're a much better team than you, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to do that. So uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they'll be able to catch up to you. So I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Do you Are you a fan of that idea? I think the system makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, basically because people would think, oh, that just a good team then would, uh, would be able to do that. And it's like, 
Not really, because the earlier you get to that under 1%, uh, the more time you have, which means that worse teams have a lot of time uh, to, to accumulate those points and those wins, whereas teams that are, like, good and don't get eliminated till later don't have as much time. So that all that really does is the big thing that changes is it incentivizes those teams that get eliminated early to not just not just throw in the towel. Obviously, you might still sell at the deadline and that stuff, but you don't, let's say, like, what the Sabres did in 2014-15, uh, in or frankly, what a lot of teams are like after the trade deadline when they've sold, which is just kind of like playing in a malaise, like, ah, uh, season's over, a lot of us won't be back, whatever. And now it maybe those guys don't care because maybe they won't be back anyway, but there's going to be a lot for, say, GMs and coaches to uh, want to play for. So I like the system uh, from that perspective, and... I don't know. I just don't know how much the NHL cares about curbing tanking. They say that they do, but they really don't at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts that you'd like to share before we sign off? Perhaps a, a word from our sponsors? I would. You know what, Taylor? I got this. Okay. Change it up for once. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Just bet $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what do you got to do? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 to win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania, or New York only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Taylor, anything to share before we sign off? Uh, yeah, do you have any recommendations? I'm, I might have one. Do I have any recommendations? I have a music one to give. I haven't given a music one in a while. Uh, there's this fella who goes by the name of Still Woozy. That is his like stage name. And he used to be in this really good band called Feed Me Jack that did kind of like math indie rock stuff. And uh, he ended up doing like a solo thing, and it's very like hip hoppy R and B infused like jazzy guitar music. Um, it, it's pretty all over the place, but it's really really catchy, really really good. So he had put out his debut album last year after putting out a handful of singles like in the late 2010s. But it's called If This Isn't Nice, I Don't Know What Is. Again, the artist's name is Still Woozy. I would highly highly recommend checking it out. Some of my favorites from the album are songs like Get Down, Window, uh, Whoopie, Get By, Rocky. There's a lot of really good ones. So I'd highly recommend checking it out if you're looking for some new music. Still woozy. Give them a listen. What's your recommendation? So I saw the new Scream movie on, uh, on Friday uh, with our, our, good, our good pal Quinn. Thoughts? I really liked it. I thought it was a really good time. I think it, I'm, I'm going to go see it again right after this podcast. Oh, nice. Um, it, I think it might be the best sequel. I'm still thinking about that. Uh, but I think it, uh, it's a good uh, 20, 20, 22, I should say, turn on the, uh, on the franchise. Uh, it, uh, 
you know, it's like a screen movie, so it's very meta, but there's some things I really liked about it, and, uh, you know, great kills. Fantastic kills, honestly, in the in this movie. Really, really gross, gory stuff. Very nice. Good. Yeah, it was a, it was a good time. I, I think the guys that made it, they made, they're called Radio Silence. So they're a duo, whatever, their production company. They made um, Ready or Not a couple years ago, which was really good, so I think there was a good choice to take over. Obviously, the first Scream film since uh, Wes Craven died. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a... It was a good uh, flick, I thought. I can't say too much more about it because you know it's a. Uh, you don't want to give anything away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's important that it's not spoiled for you going in. Of course, of course. Well, hey, there's a movie and an album for you all. So give them a listen and, and a watch, and let us know what you think if you like either of them. But Taylor, it's been a goddamn pleasure. We'll see you in the divisional round, huh? That's right. That's damn right. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Sabers, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using, and whatever social media platforms that you are on. Also, make sure you're following us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabers and on Twitter at Straight Sabers. And make sure you're also subscribed to this podcast on whatever you are listening to this currently on now. So we'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, and we'll get caught up with the Sabers week and what's been going on with them and any other news that comes out in the coming days but everybody hope you have a great start to your week go bills we'll talk to you soon